on the evening of his greatest trial, in the hour of his deepest agony, in the midst of his most profound suffering. What did Jesus do? Now we can try to imagine, it's nearly impossible, what was going on in our Lord's heart and mind that first Holy Thursday, but I don't think we'll get anywhere close to what was actually taking place in his divine heart. What is not impossible to imagine is what Jesus, in fact, did. We know that. We have historical eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did on the night of his greatest trial in agony and suffering. What did he do? What did he do? Well, he did more than just teach. He did more than just give us an example. He did more than just offer pious platitudes to his disciples. What did he do? It can be summed up in a single word. He gave. Jesus gave himself up. This, everyone, is the self-sacrifice of God. This is not God permitting something to happen outside of his will. These next three days are about God surrendering himself, giving himself, self-sacrifice of God himself to the human race. The reason it's so important to get that right, because if we don't see this night as the gift of God himself to humanity, we don't fully appreciate the two great gifts that Holy Thursday calls us to focus on. Namely, the Most Holy Eucharist and the Sacred Priesthood. Because in many ways, the foundation of those sacraments, both of them, is nothing other than self-sacrifice. What did Jesus want us to have the most? Memories of him? Warm, fuzzy feelings about spending time with him? Some fun parables about farming and ranching. What Jesus most wanted us to have, he in fact gave. Namely what? Himself. Himself in the Eucharist. Himself as the model eternal priest. And every priest is then called to do what? Lay down his life. The question, everyone, on my heart this morning is, okay, this evening is this. Fine. God gives himself. What was humanity's response to that self-gift? How did humanity respond to the gift of God himself? Well, betrayal, rejection, injustice. 
the betrayal of a friend, the rejection by his own people, and the injustice of a sham trial. What I want us to see this evening, everyone, is this. We have on one hand the gift of God himself, the self-sacrifice of God, meeting the greatest failure in the history of humanity, the rejection of God incarnate. That is not an overstatement. Those two things meet in these days. The gift of God himself meeting the rejection of God on behalf of the human race. Now when we hear that, we say, sounds like a recipe for disaster, right? Sounds like a really bad movie. Sounds like things have gone terribly wrong. But here's the incredible thing about these next three days. When those two realities meet, the self-gift of God meeting humanity's great failure, do you know what takes place? Salvation. Isn't that incredible to think? That the gift of God meeting humanity's great failure results in the human race being saved by the blood of the Lamb, that Jesus is the Lamb that is sacrificed, and the priest who offers himself. Isn't that incredible to think? That what seems so dark and hopeless in a recipe for disaster becomes then the means of salvation for us. Everyone, I think oftentimes we think it's our job to let our own perfection come into contact with God. Let me say that again. How often do you and I think that we have to be perfect and our perfection comes into contact with God and then good things happen? What I just described is not Christianity. What I described is made up by someone else. What Christianity is about is God coming into contact with human failure. What Christianity is about is God coming into contact with littleness. What Christianity about is about is God coming into contact where we need him. And so everyone, where salvation occurs for you and for me, is letting our imperfections come into contact with a self-sacrifice of God. You know, we call these three days the holiest days of the year, don't we? Sometimes it just feels like pious, churchy language saying holy days, holiest days of the year. Do you ever wonder why? Do you ever wonder why we call these days holy? If somebody were to ask you at Walmart tomorrow, you don't go to Walmart on Friday, if you, somebody were to ask you on the street, <laughs> you Catholics, in all your holy days and these three holy triduum days, why do you call them holy? What would you say? What would I say? Everyone, do you know why these days are holy? Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Saturday, Easter Sunday. These days are holy because God reveals to us in a most clear way his goodness. This is about God showing to us his goodness. Do we see things that way? Do we then leave with that understanding that God has shown me goodness 
And my job as a disciple is to show others the goodness of God. This isn't just about God being betrayed. This is about God showing to you and to me his unbelievable goodness. Now, what is the only response to that reality? What is the only response to the goodness of God shown to us through the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus? The only response that makes any sense is one word. Eucharist. I trust we know the word Eucharist means to give thanks. The most fitting response to the goodness of God in taking care of our brokenness is to give him thanks. Every time we celebrate the Mass, it is a Mass of thanksgiving to God for his goodness. For his goodness. My question for us this evening is this. Does that reality define us? Am I a person that offers thanks to God for his goodness? Does that define my family? Does that define this parish? Does that define this diocese? Does that define this church? As people of thanksgiving who find a way to give thanks most powerfully at Mass. Everyone, we are here tonight to give thanks. We celebrate every Mass to give thanks. And what we give thanks to God mostly for is a person, is him. And he wants to be encountered. It was on Holy Thursday that he gave himself in the Eucharist. It was on Good Friday that he gave himself on the cross. It is tonight that he gives himself to us.